Welcome to the Bumblecast. I'm your host, Ian Flynn, the Bumble King, and joining me as always is my Bumble co-host, Kyle, JCRB Kraus. Hello, hello, hello. Wow, we are cruising through December. We are having a great, I hope you're having a great Bumble December ween, or whatever we're calling it. (laughs) Bumble Christmas with a K. There we go. Yes. (laughs) Yes, indeed. A bit of news and a bit of a heads up as we roll into 2024, the prices are going to go up ever so slightly for Bumblecast content. The lowest possible tier now will be starting at $2. Bumblecast and these are now bumping up to $35, and our guest spots will be going up to $120. These will take effect January 1st, 2024, so if you've already locked them in for December, don't worry, you're already good. All right, ready to get into some questions? Yes, without further ado, let's get to the questions from our patrons over at patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, and our YouTube members. Let's start off with this one from Allison S. Ian, are you familiar with Patu Birds? They look strange, but basically the I think they're just neat meme about them. They are. They look like Muppets. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if they're the poster child to argue for or against intelligent design because they're stupid looking things, but they're hilarious. <laughs> like, how did nature come about something that's so perfectly goofy? <laughs> There's a lot of goofy things in nature, to be fair. Just I mean, look, we are living weird. examples of that, aren't we? Yeah, 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 it's true. It's true. Yes. Also known as ghost birds. Look them up if you don't already know. They're neat and goofy. <laughs> they are very goofy, especially if you look at them head on. <laughs> <laughs> They're just, wow. <laughs> Super goofy. <laughs> all right, here's one from All Peachy. Jolly All Peachy. It's that special and warm time of year. It's that time of year where you both go on your yearly holiday adventure to kick Santa's butt. He knows what he did. Anyways, if you could assemble a team to help you defeat Santa, who would they be? You don't challenge Santa Claus. Are you kidding me? I mean, I think... Number one, he knows when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake. So there's no way you can sneak up on him. Yeah, yeah. I think even Eggman would know better than to challenge him. Well, Eggman, you know, he likes to meddle in things he shouldn't, but... True. This dude is able to move around the planet within a single day while doing pinpoint accurate deliveries of all sorts of goods. No, 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 no. You do not mess with a Time Lord like Santa Claus, okay? <laughs> Wouldn't stop Starlight from is... trying. <laughs> well, yeah, but he's an idiot. <laughs> he's a villain. I am not a full-blown idiot, at least. But, you know, I'm smart enough to know you don't tangle with the Kringle, okay? He will deck you in the halls. Ow. He will pa-rumpa-pum-pummel you into the ground. You do not make that bowl full of jelly jiggle, all right? Because all he's going to do is laugh and stuff your stocking, all right? No, 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 no. It doesn't matter what team you have, all right? You're going to end up Feliz Navi dead. <laughs> I can't top that. I can't. And top all of those it. were stolen from Team Four Star. So thank you guys for being smarter than me. <laughs> I can't top that though. I can't. I can't. I can't. I guess I know better than to mess with Christmas. <laughs> uh, the war on Christmas is over, and Santa won. <laughs> Starline. Starline's isekai adventure continues. No, no Christmas for him. 
one from Alolan Figment. Sega asks you to reintroduce Terios as a brand new character. You don't have to relate him to Shadow or anything from SA2 at all. You just have to keep the design and make it into an all-new addition to Sonic's world that plays a big role in a new game. How do you do it? Uh, there were a number of early concepts. Are we talking the one that had, like, the scar over the one eye and basically just, like, looked like a darker palette version of Sonic? Uh, maybe. Because there's been a fan character? Well, no, Terios was, like, an early developmental name for Shadow. Oh, okay. Like, um, Venice was an early developmental name for Silver. Okay, weird, but all right. Um, oh, yeah, Nails the Bat for Rouge. So, uh... I don't know which design in particular. There is one that seems to get circulated the most where he looks, oh man, he looks like a bad fan character. (laughs) You think shadow's edgy? This guy defines Al the edge. It's spectacular. (laughs) So I don't know if we're going to bring Terrius back into the mix. Someone that gritty and very much dark hedgehog energy. Maybe go for broke and just really lean into the DBZ parallels and just make him perfect sell. You know, he's Dr. Sarline's final apex project, the culmination Mm. of all genetics and cybernetics and crimes against nature into one swaggering, egotistical monster of a hedgehog who just wants to fulfill his function because he has nothing else, but he enjoys his work. Good for him. And then, you know, he... He explodes into confetti at the end, and we don't have to think about him anymore. (laughs) Convenient. (laughs) Solve that problem. Here's a question from Andrew D. Does Sage turning from red to blue have any connection to Supersonic's eyes turning from red to blue when it becomes Starfall Supersonic, or whatever that form is officially called? What is the meaning of her turning blue anyway? Eggman seemed annoyed when he saw it happen. I'm not 100% sure myself, because that wasn't in the script. She learns how to be a real girl. I mean, I think it is supposed to imply her awakening to her full personality, but I can't say that with 100% certainty. I think it's because she just wanted to be cool. She wanted to have both colors. She wanted to be both. She wanted to be I black mean, and red and white and blue. Not going to stop you. holographic being. She can go through the whole LED spectrum if she wants to. Yeah. She can do what she wants. I ain't going to stop her. Are you? <laughs> I, ah, let her live a little. I sure wouldn't. <laughs> I sure wouldn't. I sure wouldn't want to stop Eggman's daughter. Taste the rainbow. Smite with the rainbow. <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need. I don't need to get Eggman on me. I don't. No. 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 There's one from Batman sixty nine. Lol. What if Tails followed Rouge the Bat instead of Sonic? That's kind of a fun idea because you have someone whose worldview is maybe twisted a little by Rouge's ideals. Mm-hmm. So he's not like a bad kid but maybe he's a little more self-serving than under anybody else and she gets her genius hacker buddy to help her infiltrate and rob people blind and he can also fly so she's teaching him all about aerial extraction and they can fly in and out of heists together and maybe he has hesitation you know are they doing the right thing is this morally acceptable do, do they really need all this? But you know, she says it's fine. And as long as they're not hurting anybody. Yeah, sure. Why not? Plus, it's a fun challenge to his skill. So why question it? <laughs> uh, he's going to count cards like a pro. <laughs> it's true. He would be on Team Dark. Speed running become 
Tails becoming nine speed run. <laughs> it wouldn't be nine though, because nine is about abandonment and yeah, you know, severe self worth issues. While Rouge, I don't think would be as warmly supportive as some others. She wouldn't be like demeaning or abusive. You know, she would give praise where it's due and criticize when he messes up. Yeah, but she wouldn't be like awful about it. So, no, 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 he'd be all right. <laughs> all right, here's a question from Child Researcher. Tales to num Tales Tube number two once again states that Robotnik adopted the insult Eggman as his nickname. This originally happened in SA one, and Sonic Superstars classic Eggman is still naming his creations after eggs such as the Egg Fortress. Is there a lore reason for this? Nope. <laughs> he just liked eggs, and then Sonic called him Eggman one time, and he's like, "I kind of like that. I am the I mean, Eggman." If you, <laughs> you want to connect dots, you can say because of Sonic Generations classic Eggman adopted the name earlier than in the regular timeline, in which case there's some ambiguous period between the end of classic and the beginning of modern where it might be fuzzy, but since we're never going to address that, it's fine. Yeah, pretty much. Here's one from chaos Sonic one to those that are just new to the running gag. What exactly are Nermies and how did it come to be? Since this is your favorite topic, Kyle, do you want to cover this? one? I blame Twilight. But yeah, but besides that. <laughs> so in Shadow the Hedgehog, the game, there is a background element on the main menu. One of the menu screens, I think, that uh, has random text in the background. And Nermies is one of the words that's given. It's like you want to attack the uh, attack the Nermies or something. It's like either a, it, it's very clearly a typo because there's a whole bunch of other typos in it. It's either like a typo of either enemies or armies or something like that. But uh, Twilight has decided that this mean that Nermies it means the animal people. So now we're stuck with it. <laughs> but I mean, literally, it's funny because if you look up the term Nermies, uh, if you just look up the word Nermies, it's like the okay. Well, it's no longer the first result, but it used to be the first result on Reddit is a post from Twilight <laughs> on Reddit. <laughs> so it's like okay well we know who this guy we know <laughs> we know what they're pulling so yeah that's what i do that's what i blame so that's what it's from it's a weird background element from shadow here's one from cherry hearts you rough and tumble accidentally use a multiverse MacGuffin and are sent to the world of pokemon there they see the team rocket trio tying trying to as usual capture pikachu they decide they want a piece of the pie, or mouse. Why? Because someone else wants it. To make an even three-on-three, three, they catch a Stunky, a butt-faced poison-slash-dark-skunk Pokemon. They name him Gruff. No, Grumble. Whatever. How does it go? How well do they battle? Does Gruffumble the Stunky end up like liking his new, weirdly skunk-like trainers? Who gets Ash's Pikachu? The fact that they are able to catch anything is nothing short of miraculous. I'm imagining it's more like they rob a Team Rocket stockpile and they just happen to get a Stunky. <laughs> Convenient. And, you know, figuring out how to command this thing to attack as they want to is also a bit of a trick because they, they each want to do the commanding. They both think they have the best idea on how to command this little thing. They don't, either of them, at all. So the fact that they have something and they're confronting Ash is 
more of a happy accident than any actual skill on their part. And they have no idea what they're doing as trainers. They do not respect Grafumbles or whatever we're calling him. They don't know what his moves are. They don't know what typing they're up against. They have no idea what typing is. So they go into the one battle. Ash is really confused why two larger Pokemon are commanding a smaller one. Pikachu does his thing. The Thunderbolt activates the MacGuffin and sends the Skunk Brothers back home. And the Stunky is left there really, really confused. So who gets the Pikachu? Ash gets the Pikachu. He always gets the Pikachu. Rude. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe he gets a Stunky as well. Like maybe the Stunky's like, well, where else am I going to go? <laughs> Wait, didn't he have a Skunk Tank by the end of one of the seasons? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I stopped watching around the Orange Islands. <laughs> I never watched it. I'm being told nope. No, nah, I could have sworn he had one. Yeah. Oh, well. Nope. All right, here's one from Curly Quills. I remember you saying a good thing the Sonic movies did was make the Master Emerald transportable. How would you feel if Sega made this canon going forward? I, I was just thinking Knuckles can finally leave. He just has to wear a backpack everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... If there's a good story reason why he didn't do it before, you know, maybe he's come to understand its properties better and he can manipulate its crystalline matrix to make it fit inside a duffel bag. You know, sure. It, it still has the added baggage of, you know, what happens to the Island I mean, yeah. as long as that's resolved. And, you know, he's now carrying one of the most important MacGuffins in the franchise with him everywhere that paints a target on his back but that at least gets him mobile and mm. opens up some story opportunities. So yeah, it's workable. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice. I think what happens to the Island. I don't know. He just lets it sit in the ocean like all the other islands. Yeah. He, he parks it somewhere. Nice. <laughs> Put it back in mystic ruin. Maybe. <laughs> ah, yes. Back at its spot in station square. Perfect. What? I put it back where it came from. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, here's a question from Daryl. When was the last time you wrote something purely for your own amusement, not intending for it to be published or otherwise publicly read? <laughs> never. Really? Never, never, never. Never? Not even not even before you started Sonicking? Well, sure, that was like fanfic -y stuff, but even then, that's the intention of publishing, to be shown to friends or to put online. Put it out there, yeah. yeah. Uh, everything I work on at some point... Even if it's just a, this is an idea that I'm not going to touch forever, but I want to put it down on paper and just get it out there, get it done. Does come with some thought of, you know, who would be the artist? What would be the format? How would I go about financing and marketing and putting it out there? And how would the production schedule go? And it's, I can't break it. Like I want, I'm a storyteller and you can't tell stories to yourself. <laughs> that's, that's boring. You already know how the story's going to end as you tell it. You're a terrible audience to yourself. I want to put that out there. I want people to see. I want them to enjoy. So everything I do comes with, to some degree or another, a thought of how is this going to see the light of day? And a lot of it is, probably isn't ever going to, which makes me a trifle sad. But it's very sad. Then I'm like, hey, maybe I can upload it to my own personal Patreon and you know, actually have content on there. And then I'm like, well, it's not finished yet. It's not ready for public consumption but it's never going to be ready for public consumption. You're just doing this for yourself. So just put it up there. Let people see the process. Yeah. But then they'll see all the, like the scuff marks, all the early drafting 
snafus, the stuff that isn't polished. And they'll think, oh, this is the craft that he turns out. And it's like, well, they understand that it's a draft. Well, why would they want to look at a draft? They want to see a finished product. And we do that, you know, every two weeks. It's Ian arguing with himself. Oh, we talk to ourselves all the time. No, we don't. Yes, we do. Both of you shut up. Uh, good. There's three Ians in there. Yes, hardly three. No, no, there's the fourth. Yep, yep. <laughs> all right, here's one from DDR Master M. Now it's Charmy's turn to be home alone, dealing with the wet bandits. But this time you get to decide where. What waggy hijinks occur, and how guilty does Vector feel about forgetting him? <laughs> uh, there's a big misunderstanding, and he's left to have a sleepover at Cream's house, but Cream and Vanilla aren't home. Mm -hmm. So he's home alone, and that's when the wet bandits show up. And Cream, uh, Charmy mistakes them for babysitters. <laughs> and he thinks they're loads of fun oh boy so every trap every you know plastic dart gun to the forehead every sting every game of high speed tag all the befuddlement is you know innocent play on his part it's just you know this kid can take out bad picks on his own he don't know his own strength <laughs> and you know Police show up, wet bandits go away, cream and vanilla are vanilla is contacted by the authorities for what has happened to her house. She comes back and is very understanding and forgiving of Charmy. Of Charmy, yes. Vector might need to, you know, compensate <laughs> for the paint and the drywall and the lack of the front door and you know, you can't replace some of the heirloom fine china, so uh mm, Vector, you're going to be in the uh, crocodile house for a while. <laughs> Vanilla, can you have a forgive me? After a while, crocodile. <laughs> Oof. Oh, you no. made a joke, so that, that means we're good, right? Right? Oh, Vanilla? No. Oh, Honey no. bunches? Hello? Oh, no. It's cold out here. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, all right, here's one from Dice. Boom time, Shadow and Sonic fight and cause Santa to crash and be out of commission for Christmas. What insanity ensues and why does Ivo, uh, I mean Eggman, have a sled and reindeer badnik ready for such a specific situation? Well, see, Eggman was going to jump Santa and take over the whole Santa gig, but no, Sonic <laughs> and Shadow just had to beat him to it. Uh -huh. Had to ruin all his fun. Ruined Christmas. Oh, <laughs> um... Sonic is all about fixing this. You know, he's bad. Totally doesn't want to ruin Christmas. And he knows you don't mess with Santa. Mm -hmm. So he's going to start running, you know, on foot delivering the presents. He's fast. Surely he's fast enough to match Santa Claus. And Shadow is just disgusted because no, of course, Sonic would be arrogant enough to think that he could match Santa's velocity. Ridiculous. <laughs> and Shadow knows you don't mess with Santa. So he goes to the egg base and he steals the mecha reindeer and sleigh to facilitate the delivery of presents. Wow. Shadow doesn't prefer Krampus. <laughs> he, he, no, <laughs> Shadow's you don't a... mess with Santa and you certainly don't mess with the guy Santa hires to fix things. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> All right. On that one, let's take a quick break and then come back with some more on the Bumblecast. cast. <laughs> 
We're back. And before we get to the rest of the questions, we have our weekly priority question giveaway. If you want your chance to just win a priority question, follow us on our Twitter, on our blue sky, on our Facebook or on our Tumblr. And once a week we hold a raffle and you can have a chance to get your question here on the show. That's right. This one comes to us from blue sky. This one is from Sam doodle. In the Sonic cookbooks, there's a recipe called the Post-Adventure Surprise, which is a black sesame ice cream shake that resembles Tangles' tail. Has she ever confused the two? Does she have a scar where she chomped on her tail, mistaking it for the treat? No! (laughs) Of course not. And it's entirely because every time she's come close, the tail just kind of palms her face, stops her, (laughs) and then just kind of does a finger wag, and she's like, ha ha, my bad. (laughs) I thought the tail wasn't sentient. It wasn't initially, but, uh, you know. Things change. <laughs> the tale has become self-aware. <laughs> that and it's funnier for this joke. I mean, yes, it is. It is. <laughs> yes. Here's a question from E200 Paragon. You mentioned before how the Ifrit is technically allowed to come back for IDW, but it's so irrelevant to the canon that it might as well not exist. But to humor the concept for a few minutes, my question is this. If given the chance to bring back the Ifrit... How would you write such a story? Just to recap, the Ifrit is an extra-dimensional and presumably immortal flying, flying monster that feeds on chaos energy to destroy dimensions and is powerful enough to mind-control Sonic or Tails, Knuckles or Rouge, Shadow or Metal Sonic, and SBO or Silver, depending on who you play as. I'd play into the mind-control angle. You know, keep the Ifrit itself this somewhat unknowable, unapproachable eldritch horror you don't talk to it. You don't reason with it. It doesn't tell you what its motivation is. It just is. Mm-hmm. And you figure out what it wants through the actions of those that are enslaved by its mind control. And then you've got, you know, a fun excuse for hero versus hero stuff because people are mind controlled and they're gathering up chow to feed to the giant vicious fire monster. You have individuals who are strong willed enough, or they've been out of range long enough that they regain their senses. Eggman comes up with some kind of helmet that protects you. You know, get out of my head, Charles, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you have the issue of it, you know, being a giant fiery creature that you can't easily attack directly. So eventually the thing would have to be defeated and punted back to the dimension from whence it came. But, you know, play into, we already did zombie horror. So I guess this is more Lovecraftian horror. A little bit. Sure. I mean, why not play to my strengths, scar more children? <laughs> I mean, you've been doing it for nearly 20 years at this point. Yeah. Scary. <laughs> Here's a question from Finest Cacophony. Let's hit you fellows in the nostalgia. Catch is, it's the bad kind. Surge Kit and Starline have to star in one of those really cringy and out of touch anti-drug PSA commercials. And action. <laughs> Starline insists on being the star because it's he's, in he's his going name. to be the one. Uh, yeah, he's going to be the one who, you know, suffers the dramatic decline of <laughs> giving in and releasing all of his inhibitions. Why? Why could he not have foreseen <laughs> the dangers of doing the drugs? <laughs> the drugs. The drugs. <laughs> uh, Kit fails his role where he's supposed to you know say no because Serge says here take these and he's like okay (laughs) 
and they're real drugs. No. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No. <laughs> and Serge is just raiding the set because why not? <laughs> I got to tell her what to do. Serge is just going to tell the kids, you're going to go to hell before you die. <laughs> <laughs> she does the whole, this is your brain on drugs thing. It smashes the entire kitchen. <laughs> okay, Serge, Serge, that was a good take, but you went a little too far. I did what now? Nothing. That wasn't in the script. There was a script? <laughs> no. Don't, no. Cut. Don't. Cut. Get this thing off the set. Fine. I'm going. I'm going. Here, Kit, take these pills. See if you, t- see, see if you can smell colors. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Meanwhile, Starline is languishing on a bed somewhere, dry heaving. Oh, I have overdosed on the marijuana. <laughs> Why, oh, why did I partake of the devil lettuce? <laughs> Starline becomes Shatner. <laughs> because of all of this amazing acting talent? <coughs> acting! <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. This is, this is terrible. This is... It's horrible. I love it. They sent a reviewer to watch. They should have sent a poet. They should have sent a coroner. <laughs> yeah, because probably. I had it dead to rights. Because it was dead on arrival. Get off the stage. <laughs> Silver plays the weed. <laughs> <laughs> What's my motivation? <laughs> you are the weed. Okay, I get people high. I lift them with the T- the TK. No, is that what I do? No, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. All right, let's go on to the next one before this gets too out of hand. Too late, though. Here's this one from Godzilla. Hey there, this isn't so much of a question, but more of a friendly suggestion. Go see Godzilla minus one if it's playing in theaters near you. If you haven't seen it already. Oh, I really want to. I haven't even seen Shin Godzilla yet. You should. I've seen I that. know. I've even I've seen it, and I don't see anything. Anyway, how much is Toyo, Toho paying you to advertise this movie on uh, on our show, Godzilla? <laughs> I hope they're paying well. This <laughs> <laughs> one from Geo Knuckles. Which of the Sonic cast would join Team Blue Sonic and Team Red Knuckles? Depends on what they're doing. Is this like Team Fortress? <laughs> it's like, or is it like Halo? Is it Red versus Blue? Literally, <laughs> are they playing a pickup game of basketball? Are they going to war? What, what is, is, it, is, it, is this an actual like moral conflict? Are we talking civil war, or are they playing baseball? Would Knuckles and Sonic be the opposing sides? <laughs> In a Sonic Civil War, I don't know. Hey, it more likely find I think, the right reason. For I feel it. like it would be Shadow and Sonic, <laughs> but maybe, maybe it would be Knuckles. Hmm. I mean, it's Knuckles. It could be. You know, why are you opposing Sonic? He's a jerk. <laughs> yeah, but you agree on this subject, and so right, fine. <laughs> uh, it's the Green Hill Zone Accords. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy i don't know what the concept of this is but uh, i mean i think it's kind of funny having it like be a civil war i mean really the characters are so dynamic in how they can be utilized you could 
probably put together any roster you want. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Like, who fits where? Oh, wherever. <laughs> Here's one from Gideon W. In the continuing Isekai Adventures of Starline, Starline ends up in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, 1993, on the morning of Groundhog Day, as a certain weathercaster pulls into town. How well does Starline handle being stuck in the time loop with Phil as his only companion, or is each loop an entirely different Starline? Now, this might be the actual trap that catches Starline. <laughs> Because he will never learn his lesson. Yeah, Phil learns. He grows as a person. It took him. Starline does not. It took him a thousand million iterations to do it, but Phil does eventually learn. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So are they like stuck together or? (laughs) I imagine they have like concurrent stories, but it never really fully overlaps. Okay. Because everybody resets. So he doesn't particularly pick out Phil from the crowd. I mean, why would he look at some lowly weatherman? Yeah, until he notices him doing weird stuff. (laughs) Yeah, there would be that. And that kind of makes him think, wait, are there others? Others who can get him out of this? And he spends entirely too much time seeking out other variables and can't find any. So that, you know, loses him a year or seven. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm. That and he's a scientist. You know, this one way of breaking the cycle didn't work. He needs to test it to make sure it always doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's stuck. He's never getting out of there. Also, if you're confused by what this is referring to, you guys really need to watch the movie Groundhog Day. Oh, it's a classic. It is amazing. <laughs> it's a wonderful movie. Here's a question from Happy Times. An animal character wins the election for president of the United Federation for the first time ever. Tangle. This is especially surprising to Tangle herself since she didn't even know there was an election going on, much less that she was on the ballot. How does her presidency go with Vice President Whisper and Secretary of State Jewel, and will she win a second term? I'll see, the whole thing is she won because Eggman tried to mess with the ballot machines and didn't carry the one somewhere, and thus Tangle got the votes. That's how she's in power. So Gunn is making a cover-up because... If it was exposed, not only would Tangle lose the presidency, but it would enable Eggman to have a second chance. So they just kind of let her have it. Yeah, Whisper <laughs> and Jewel as her VP and part of her cabinet because they're going to look after her because, oh, God, you just gave Tangle access to the nuke codes. <laughs> and, you know, it, it takes her some time. She's not really politically minded or all that tactical, but. She is a people person and dang it. She wins public support within like the first quarter. Everyone's glad. And you know what? Her reforms are odd, but they'll get behind them. Finally, <laughs> she's speaking our language. <laughs> what about Lanolin? <laughs> Lanolin would Lanolin, be there and be like, but she would be like, I think she would be freaking out. <laughs> she's the rest of the cabinet. <laughs> She won't trust anybody else to do the job. She's so, she's just going to do all of them. <laughs> not I was good. like, good, keeps her busy. She likes being busy. No, no, not like that. <laughs> not like that, please. No. Oh. Vice President Whisper, do you need uh, Secret Service agents? Why do they need protection? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Jewel is like aghast at first, but you know, 
by the end of the third quarter, poll numbers are fantastic. The economy's on the rebound. The military industrial complex of gun isn't particularly happy, but why is that a bad thing? So <laughs> she starts campaigning hard. Dang, you got to do this again. You got to get another four more years in there or however long the president's served. Do it. Do it, Tangle. <laughs> Tangle's like, but I don't like suits. They're constricting. Tangle, do this for the people. Okay. Okay. Can we get a chow garden on like the White House lawn? Yes. Okay, then. <laughs> Whatever you want. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one here. This one's from Hatok. Due to a clerical error, Shadow the Hedgehog becomes the secret Santa to everyone on Amy's secret Santa's list. <laughs> Knowing only cowards back down from a challenge, he never corrects the error and sets out to find the ultimate presence. How does this go for him? Oh, he enlists Rouge from the beginning. <laughs> like, he has no idea what people like. He has no idea what people want. He doesn't know how grocery stores work or department <laughs> stores or anything. Or houses, because he lives yeah, in a cave. Like, Social interaction, this is completely outside of his wheelhouse, but he's not going to back down from a challenge. So Rouge, do the intel gathering, tell him what to get and who to give it to. <laughs> give me Rouge. Give like, me the- How are you going to pay for all this? Pay. Correct answer. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so not only does he succeed in completing the Secret Santa, he does it way under budget. Uh-huh. Well, how does... How does Shadow, if Shadow doesn't know how grocery stores work, how does he get his coffee beans? Again, who's going to stop him? <laughs> does he just go to the, he just maybe he just goes to the there. coffee farm. Yeah, he just walks in there, oh, okay. know, pours out a handful, raunch, raunch, leaves. Okay, he just, yeah, okay. So he, he knows that you grocery stores are where you can go to get stuff. Yes. <laughs> he just doesn't he realize. He goes to the food box place. He just the doesn't. The box that has the food in it. He's just not paying for it. Got it. He's just robbing all of them. Got it. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Oh, well. Hearts 13 has a question. With the DCEU now in a post-Flashpoint continuity, now just being called the DCU, lazy name, I'm honestly hoping that there's a Music Meister movie made one day. Who do you think would play the titular character, Neil Patrick Harris, Weird Al Yankovic, or some other person? If not either of them, who do you think would be the other run-up actor to play the criminal mastermind of music? Neil Patrick Harris would be an inspired choice. Yeah. I still want him to do a more traditional Riddler, but I would be happy with him as music meister. You know what? He would be a great Riddler. I never even thought of oh, that, but be- God, he would be so good. <laughs> Wow. He would be so incredibly affable and he could make the sinister turn when you needed it. Oh, yeah. And he would rock that suit and bowler hat. Oh. He would be spectacular. Yes. Uh, Weird Al also, I mean, it's Weird Al. Come on. Weird Al can do let it. him do his thing. He could pull it off. Yeah. And third choice, Jack Black. Really? As a music meister? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a great choice. Someone who is just unapologetically himself and a musician. That he is music meister. Come on. He practically is, yes, yes. He's he's not just put just, him in a zoot suit. There you go. <laughs> he's just not evil. But he can he can be evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that choice. It's a good one. Like he doesn't have to be evil. He's a fun bat villain. That's true, yeah. He's just he's more naughty, mischievous. True, true. Yeah, Music Meister's just playing around. You know, he's he's not too bad. <laughs> and here's one from Hero Squad. 
In Looming Shadow, we see pics of Sally and Bunny in their Archie design. One is post, the other is pre. So are they like sticks in terms of canon? No, that was a mistake that has since been corrected. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Here's one from Icon PNG. If you were to make a tournament arc with the current cast of canon characters, which fights would you like to see? All of them. <laughs> Tangle versus Whisper. Yeah. Curious but... how that would go. That's fun, but I also feel like that's a given. I know and it's given, it, but I know it, it's kind a of given. It holds them again. I know I want it's them given. To, I want them to see other people and beat them up. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why it's a tournament arc. You know, they they happen to meet each other once in the tournament, and then you move on to the next one. I get it. I guess. I guess. Uh, I if this were given to me, I honestly might just throw it to a random selector and see what it gave me, and go from there. Mm-hmm. Because again. The characters are so dynamic in their potential. Any pairing between the two could make for an interesting bout or entertaining at the very least. So I feel like if I were to just do it, you know, myself go by my gut, I would fall into too many traps of, Oh, these are kind of a given. You have to have Sonic versus knuckles. You have to have Sonic versus Amy. You have to have Sonic versus shadow or something. It's no, 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 no. Like, throw it to the algorithm, <clears throat> let it spit out the craziest <laughs> crap out there. And when it says Storm versus Charmy, okay, <laughs> make that work. That could work. That would be fun. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good one. Silver versus Vector. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Vector. <laughs> it's definitely no use for him. <laughs> oh, man. I think there's a lot of fun to be had there for sure. But I do still want to see Tangled versus Whisper just to see how it would go. Oh, sure, you sure, know, sure. You know, the, some of those little random battles. <laughs> and the last question for this episode comes to us from Icy. Tangle gets turned into a reindeer and is discovered by Santa to be part of his flight team. Can she be the best flyer while also being the most hyper reindeer of all? Tangle, with your tail so long, won't you pull my sleigh along? <laughs> You got it, Santa. She'd pull her weight, quite literally. <laughs> She'd be part of the team. Yeah. She'd have a grand old time. Yeah. I mean, Rudolph would be probably a little tired of being asked if his nose shoots lasers, but you know she's not openly mocking him. That's kind of a nice change of pace. <laughs> She'd think it's cool. Heck, she probably has like the trading cards of all of them. And it's like geeking out. Oh my <laughs> gosh, it's Dasher and Dancer. Prancer fixing? Comment, Cupid. What up? Donner? <laughs> Blitzen? Oh no. What's wrong with Blitzen? <laughs> oh, Blitzen knows what he did. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Keep my eye on you. <laughs> oh man. On that note though, we're at the end of this episode of the Bumblecast. Yes, we are. If you want your question featured on the show, head over to patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, or become a YouTube member. Be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and we will see you next time on the Bumblecast. Happy Christmas, everybody. You've been listening to the Bumblecast, a co-production of Bumble King Comics and the KNGI Network. Original theme music composed by Ken Coda Snyder. Remixed intro by T-Lopes. Find out more information, along with podcast feeder links, mp3 downloads, and more at bumbleking.com and kngi.org.
You are being wished a happy throwing him Thursday. Throwing him Thursday? Yeah. Who am I throwing? Uh, Who's being thrown? I think it's silver, usually. I don't understand. Why am I... I, 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 Why do I have to send the picture? I don't have the picture. (laughs) You kids. Oh, that picture. There you go. Okay. Ah. (laughs) That is, is in fact, throwing silver Thursday. Throwing him Thursday. All right. All right. That's what we're doing on Thursdays now, Ian, as of today. Well, just make sure to throw him responsibly. Yes.